Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I'm your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have a very, very special guest who is excellent at what she does. Today's guest is Sharonda Denise. Sharonda, say hello to the world. Hello, world. Bright and shiny. (laughs) All right, Sharonda. So we're going to have a conversation. She's going to talk a little bit about some of the fantastic things that you are doing so that the world can know a little more about you. All right. But let's begin by introducing the world to Sharonda. Who is Sharonda? Well, I am a mother of an adult child. <laughs> he would get offended if I call him a child, but I have one son. I'm a daughter and um, I'm a person who loves uh, to read. I love spending time with my family. Um, I'm getting into puzzles since COVID happened. Um, that wasn't something that I used to do, but I'm, that's one of my hobbies now. I'm into puzzles and I really just like to chill. I'm kind of, I'm not a, like a go out type person. I'm kind of laid back. And I'm a homebody. I'm definitely a homebody. Definitely. And so you and I have crossed paths as well. Um, We both work in education and we both have a common friend by the name of Bernicia Brooks. Shout out Money Brooks. (laughs) So talk a little bit about your career, your educational career. How did you get started in education? Uh, Well, I guess as a young girl in high school, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so that was my plan. I was in like the future teachers of America or something was an organization like that. I'm going to school. I went to state for college and it was just so hard getting in to see an advisor. So one summer I worked um, at a youth uh, home and I changed my major from education to social work after that. And so I still kind of like the education. You know, I had dreams of just writing books and staying at home in the summertime. So. I did school social work for like 17 years and I decided to go back and uh, become a teacher and I would retire out as a teacher. And so I went back and got a master's in teaching. And so that's kind of how I got into education. Kind of always been in it because I was a school social worker, but um, I switched over after 17 and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a unique um, (laughs) set of circumstances, I think, when somebody becomes a social worker first and then decides to go into the classroom. <laughs> oh yeah, and actually it's better because my mind, the way I think, uh, being mm-hmm. a therapist for so long and yeah. uh, dealing with people's behavior and personalities, you know, some of the issues that some teachers would have, I don't have because, you yeah. know, I'm processing it in a whole, I always say, you know, I'm thinking with my therapy brain, you know, I'm processing it in a whole different way. So teaching was quite enjoyable to me for that reason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that because you you see the whole child, right? As right. opposed to seeing a student per se. Yeah, and I'm kind of laid back. You know, I worked in boys' home, group homes. You know, I'm kind of like, I don't take mess off nobody. You know, so <laughs> I make that clear, you know, but um, I think people, uh, the kids recognize my authenticity, who I am, mm-hmm. and I think they can connect with that. You know, and I just kind of got a chill vibe. You know, I play music. You know, they know they can come and talk to me. So I think um, being prepared, way differently than most educators. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, you said you retired, but I still hear that teacher in you coming through. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have about comment. I have about four years to go. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you're working on your yeah. That was my plan. My plan was to retire out as a as a, as a teacher. Yeah, that was the plan. You know, God right. always throws a monkey rich when you got a plan, but that was that's what it was. Oh, indeed, he wants you on his plan. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All right. So I also saw something in your bio about clinical therapists. Yes, yes. So um, getting getting out of state, um, I became a foster care social worker, which is like if you don't, that's like kind of like <laughs> that could be the most stressful job in the whole world um, because you're always going to court. You're dealing with abused kids, you know, addiction, wow. all of that. So I was going to court 24 seven, you know, judges hollering at you. It was just, you know, it was really stressful. And mm -hmm. so I came back from court one day. And there was a, a lady, she was sitting and she was, everybody else was like on 10 and she was just chilling. And I was like, what does she do? You know, what does she do? She was chilling. And they were like, she's a therapist. I, and they said, I said, what do I have to do to get her job? It's like, you need to go back to school and get a master's in social work and you can be a therapist. I was like, oh, I'm back in school. And so wow. that's really what did it. Cause I'm like, she was so chill. Everybody else was scattered. And so that's mm -hmm. what made me go back and get my um, my uh, master's in social work. And I became a licensed therapist. And so wow. I did enjoy that for a time, but it wears on you after a while, you know, because you're so connected to your clients. So that's why I was like, let me breeze into education. I can still work with people, but do it in a different yeah. way. You know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So great synopsis of your, uh, uh, I guess, career. Yeah. But let's talk about this passion that you have of writing books. You're an, you're an author yes. as well as you're someone that owns your own publishing company. Yes. Yeah. So talk about uh, what it's like to be an author first. Um, well, you know what? I, it's like breathing to me. You know, I never considered it something apart from myself or something I do on the side. It's always mm -hmm. been who I am. Even in those wow. days when I was a caseworker and I was coming home and um, I started reading, I think Terry McMillan was the first uh, Black a female author, like contemporary that I read. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, I want to do this. And so I end up really taking some of the stories that came, you know, into my space from being a foster care social worker. And that mm -hmm. became my first book. So it's always been wow. there. I always love to write. And then writing, you know, if you journal or anybody journals, they know just being able to write your thoughts down at the end of the day, you know, it's very cathartic. And so it's just, you know, it's never, I've never thought of it as like a side thing. It's just who I am. Got it. All right. And so you also own your own publishing company. Yes. So talk a little bit about that. So um, I think at the age of about 26, maybe um, I started writing a book and um, I finished the book. It was a Christian book. You know, I had, uh, I got saved in 1996. And so before that, I wrote like a salacious romance novel. <laughs> and so, you know, after my encounter with Christ, <laughs> you know, the good stuff people like to read. <laughs> after my encounter with Christ, you know, I knew that he had given me a different message, but I knew okay. that I still wow. could use the talent that he gave me. And so okay. it happened that I wrote the book. I started shopping for an agent and I was like, everybody was like, no, we're not looking for this. You know, um, they have more uh, contemporary authors who are out there writing the juicy stuff, you know, and they weren't looking for like contemporary Christian fiction. And so I was like, okay. So 
so I was so dejected. I just put my stuff away and I was like, okay, whatever. Well, mm-hmm. uh, one uh, weekend I was with my um, ministry, the youth ministry. We went ice skating and I wow. had been praying for God to give me a break. Cause remember I was a social worker and that's a stressful job. I was like, Lord, I just need a break. Okay, well, I broke my leg. <laughs> I skated down <laughs> the campus marshes. I broke my leg, okay? So I was uh, literally laid. Comedy of God. Right, right, right. God was like, oh, you need a break? I got a break for you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I broke my ankle. Okay. And then my ankle, was, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> so I was uh, laid up for some months. And while I was laid up, it just occurred to me, get that book out, polish it mm-hmm. up, get that book out, finish it, get it ready. And so I did that. Then I started reading about uh, self-publishing, starting your own business. And um, and so that's what I did. While I was laid up with my foot propped up, I started my own business. And um, by the time I was ready uh, that summer to publish it, I had started my company. I had everything in place. So actually that year, uh, December 2007, is when I published my first book. And it's called Pathways. Yeah, all nice. from a broken ankle at campus <laughs> ice skating <laughs> 2007 2007 uh, first book yes through your own publishing company yes, yes. Uh, lily bird press yes indeed right, indeed right, right. all right so let's get into it so you write what i find very interesting christian fiction yes right what is that well i'm gonna say for me somebody else may define it totally different <laughs> but for Sharonda, is fiction that is realistic, but it doesn't move away from the holiness of who God is. So, no, I'm not right. writing about a cat stuck up in a tree because people dealing with mm. more, you know, issues than that. You know, in my first book is addiction, you know, foster care, you know, relationship problems, the things that we actually uh, deal with. But my my goal was to have something when you come away from it you know, you're closer to God and then you may understand yourself even a little bit better and for escape, you know, reading is to me is an escape. So just to be able to give a woman or man escape for a few hours, you know, that's everything to me. Yeah. So uh, I'm not familiar with the term at all. Had that term existed before or is is this something that you coined? No, it had been. And I'm going to say, um, Francine Rivers as the first person that I remember um, and uh, who was a Christian fiction um, author. And um, then for on African-American side, uh, definitely Victoria Christopher, uh, Christopher Murray. She was like the first contemporary African, African-American uh, Christian fiction author. So the term was out there, but I'm thinking like for, I guess, the average reader, maybe not as, you know, no known as for the average person yeah okay so you you're in a genre that's different Different. right it's not something most mainstream people hear about yeah and you're a black female and you're being turned away right um how what are some of the challenges um that you faced just trying to get your book published right i know you talked about the creation of your uh, publishing company, but what are some other challenges? And furthermore, how did you overcome those? So I'm thinking of um, somebody that's aspiring, a young female that may be aspiring, an aspiring writer. What are some tips that you can provide them? Well, first I want to say like, you can't take rejection personal. 
uh, personally, like I did at first, you know, you thinking it's a rejection of your creativity and that hurts, you know, when you put your heart into something, you know, somebody say, oh, no, I don't want it. You know, it hurts. But if you look at it, it's like that's their choice for whatever. It doesn't fit for whatever they're doing. It doesn't mean that your work isn't valuable. Um, It just means that, hey, you know, it's not for them. It's just like a relationship. You know, if it don't work out with somebody, don't mean you're not valuable. It means that you just didn't work out. So I would say keep persevering. And then sometimes you have to take things into your own hands. You know, you think about George Lucas, you know, he got turned away many a times. You might have to start your own company. And, um, you know, somebody else saying no, you know, doesn't determine your work. So that would be the, you know, most advice I can give someone, you know, don't let someone else's no determine your value or your worth. Yeah. Wow. That is, uh, that is some great advice. So I'm, I'm asking, I may, may be the same question in a different way. You've been in the game for a while now. Mm-hmm. What could you tell your younger self that you didn't know then? Keep going. Just keep going. And um, the other thing, don't compare yourself to somebody else's journey. You know, we get stuck. Okay. I, you know, I would see uh, books and I'm like, that's not, that's not that good. I, you know, I do it better than this. <laughs> but um you can't compare yourself to anyone else's journey because God has a purpose for you. Um, I remember um, I was dejected. I was dejected about my sales because I had a great sales at first on my first book. And then they started to dwindle. And I yeah. couldn't understand, you know, why were my sales dwindling? Somebody wrote an email to me and said how the book, you know, impacted their life and everything. And then I got it. You know, it's not about me necessarily. It's not about sales but it's about connecting to other people. So yeah. one of the things, you know, if I had a known, it would have saved me some crybaby days, you know, you know, the yeah. Lord, what do you do with my life? You know, crying mm-hmm. and feeling, you know, feeling not worthy. So that would have saved me some trouble if I had a, just had that, that forethought back then. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that is great. So let's move on. Let's talk about what, what's next. What, what does the future hold for Sharonda Denise? Okay, so I've written four fiction novels, and um, I'm working on my first nonfiction novel. And uh, it's Christ Center. You know, for me, it's always me marrying my uh, love of storytelling with the Word of God. So whatever I write, you know, it's always a marriage of those two. And then because being a therapist, you know, always going to be that, you know, what do you walk away with? And so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm working on something. Uh, a devotional, and then another book for women. Um, it's regarding, you know, when you're hurt in love, you know, how you move on. You know, you okay. hear a lot of women talking about, you know, I can't move on, I'm stuck. You know, so I think yeah. that's on the horizon for me, just getting into nonfiction um, and just communicating the word of God in a different way. Everybody doesn't go to church. You know, everybody yeah. doesn't listen to church on the radio, but you can get God in almost everything if you open your mind to it. Yeah, no doubt. So if you had one wish to take all that you're doing to the next level, what would that wish be? Jeez, I don't know. One wish to take everything I'm doing to the next level. I think I just for myself a goal, I'd like to just um, hit the New York Times bestsellers list (laughs) and, um, (laughs) you know, touch like 3 million people. You know, I would like to just touch. Three million people, because I think that um, 
you multiply blessings. You know, the more people you touch, you multiply blessings. I would like to do that. Okay. So New York Times bestsellers list yes. and 3 million people is a specific number. Is yeah, there I something know. behind that number? Uh, yeah. One for the father, one for the son, one for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right. I, thought, I thought I saw that Trinity in there. Yes. 3 million. So uh, give us a uh, rundown your books that you have published. Okay. Thus far. Let me, uh, I put them on the side just so I can have them for you. <laughs> okay. So we got Pathways. That was my first baby. Okay. Then we have glue. And, and give us a short synopsis. Okay, of what, so Pathways is basically about a woman who has an addiction and she loses her kids, her daughters. Wow. And her daughters find her like 16 years later. And you wow. know all the drama about those women trying to have a relationship uh, 16 yeah. years later. And I actually started writing this as a foster care social worker. And so I always wondered with people that got their kids taken away, you know, what if, and then my brain just yeah. goes on this wonderful journey, like, you know, with these characters. So that's, that was that. And then, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's pathways. And then the next one is glue. That's my next okay. baby. And glue was about a woman who had a picture perfect life. And then she had to deal with divorce. And I, from personal experience, like, you know, where do you build yourself? How do you build yourself? How do you come out of it when your whole dream has been shattered? You know, the when the white picket fence thing don't work out for you. And so yeah. Blue was about her being a therapist, holding it together. Now, nothing personal about me is in there. People always uh, like, see, see, say, like, close, but... no, people always <laughs> like, whatever like, you say. <laughs> yeah, they're reading in there like, is this you? And I'm like, no, you know, it's not me because I'm so I'm so personal in a way. Like I would never really like openly tell my business, you know. But it was just the thought of it. I conveyed the, uh, <laughs> they be like, right, right. I tried to convey the hurt and the emotion that you're going through when you go through the divorce, you know? And I actually took, with permission, stories that other people told me and gave me permission okay. to use. So none of my none of my business is in there. Okay, so you said, so you probably like, self, right. Self, can I use this story? Yes, you yes, can. Yes, and ahead. they did. But Pathways, you know, my mom got mad because, you know, she's well known in her church and they kept saying, Miss um, <laughs> Martin, were you on crack? My mom was like, no, I wasn't on crack. It's a story. <laughs> so it's just my imagination going wild with me. That's all. <laughs> no, my mother wasn't an addict. You know, it's just really, honestly, my ma my imagination is great. <laughs> okay. So then so my blue. next baby, my beat up book, this is my beat up book because I take it to all my book signings and it's called A Man's okay. Heart. Um, uh -oh. that's my third one. And that was, um, about a pastor who falls in love with a woman who isn't necessarily on his side of the fence and having okay. to make a choice, you know, uh, between what we want and what God wants for you. And so that's, yeah. that, that's, that's, that wow. story. Yeah. And so then I'm, I wrote a follow-up to that. Um, this is part of a three book series called David's Passion. And I wrote a follow-up to that called A Man's Love. So it was about the next chapter in his life. And um, hopefully by the end of this year, we'll be closing David's story. His, the main character's name is David, okay? <laughs> so we'll be, <laughs> you famous now. Um, so, now, did you write this book before or after you met me? Uh, <laughs> I, way before, I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to clear that right, up. Right, right. Clear it up. Right. So I'm not a pastor. Either. See how it is. You don't want people thinking it's you in here.
Right. So it's just my imagination. So sometimes I get a story and I'm holding on to it for years. Like I got a couple of books in my mind right now. They might not get written for three or four more years, but I'm always writing in my brain. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just love the gift. It's something I think God gave to me and I mm-hmm. just enjoy it. It feels good to do it. You know, I remember Michael Jordan, I was watching an interview one day and he said, uh, he gets paid to uh, play basketball. He's like, it's crazy that somebody yeah. actually pays me to yeah. do what I love to do. And I, I think being self-published, you know, um, getting residual income, like I wrote uh, Pathways like 2007 and still to get uh, income from that is wonderful. So that's why I do advocate for people. If you don't find an agent or you don't get published, do it yeah. yourself, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, does that does that cut out some middle people as well? Once you do it that? does, it does, you know. Yeah. And then you're making all the choices, uh, your how your cover looks, um, you know, what you want to leave in, what you want to take out, you know. But it's a big responsibility too because you're taking all the financial burden on. But I think that it's worth it in the end, you know. Um, instead of waiting for somebody to give you something, I always think you should uh, clear your own path. Um, so. Yeah. So at this point, you have several books that you've published for yourself. Have you published other authors as well? No, I have no intention on uh, publishing other people, but I do uh, do coaching uh, to help people okay. get their businesses set up and also to write their books. And actually, um, we're in the process of developing an online course uh, that will help people is self-paced, you know, who are interested in writing a novel to write their novel and publish. So that's my way of doing it. I think I'm too involved with my own characters to give that kind of time to someone else. Yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, great conversation. I think it's a whole lot there for people to uh, pick up and learn from. Um, you've you've had quite a, a life already <laughs> um, from uh, clinical therapy to education to an author to uh own your own publishing company and you know big things are in the future for you as well so i want to thank you for uh showing up to the dripping in black podcast and sharing your story with us i do want to give you an opportunity um if you have social media for people to reach out to you um you can drop that for us sure thing sure thing thank you for having me it was fun and i'll tell people this isn't you No, I just they might tell I might, I just might tell them it is about you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. But did you have a uh, social media that you you share or or not? Uh, yes, I have uh let's see Facebook, Twitter, but I'm mostly on Instagram. Okay. That's the one. And what are those? How do they find you? Sharonda Denise. It's my handle on everything. It's simple. All right. <laughs> Great. So we have one last question that we ask is the most important question of our podcast, and it is, have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, right. well, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> so as a parting gift for all of our Dripping in Black guests, we placed them on the Dripping in Black magazine cover for the episode. All righty. There is yours, Ms. Sharonda. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> All right. And we will uh, get that out to you in the mail at some later date. But again, we thank you for coming out and gracing us with your presence. 
thank you so much i enjoyed myself yeah and we'll ask the audience to stay tuned for the last drip up next the last drip but first a message from anchor A dripping in black thanks to Sharonda Denise for a fun, enlightening, and inspiring conversation. Uh, we thank her for sharing her dynamic story with us. We support her in her quest to multiply blessings by touching three million people as a New York Times bestseller. We also encourage all of our listeners and viewers to go out and get your fix of Christian fiction by purchasing one or more of her books today. All right. That brings us to the final segment of our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more black excellence before we leave you. In this final segment, we highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we focus on a person that Sharonda mentioned by name, Miss Victoria Christopher Murray. It has been said that the Queen's New York native, Victoria Christopher Murray, always knew that she was going to be an author. However, along her journey towards becoming an author, Victoria would attend the esteemed Hampton Institute, graduating with a communications degree in 1977. Two years later, in 1979, she attained her Master of Business Administration, her MBA, from New York University. From that time until 1997, she worked in corporate America as well as as an entrepreneur before she began to birth her writing career. In 1997, she self-published her first book, Temptation. From this work, she would get the label of a Christian fiction writer, a label that she uh, contested to some degree. Uh, She has been quoted in the past as saying, quote, It limits our readership. In 2000, Walk Worthy Press slash Warner Books published Temptation. This garnered her even more esteem and more accolades. Temptation garnered Miss Murray several accolades, including making the bestsellers list for Emerge, the Dallas-Fort Worth Morning News, and Essence. Victoria was also nominated in 2001 for an NAACP Image Award in Outstanding Literature. Victoria's second novel, Joy, released in 2001, also became an Essence bestseller and won her the 2002 Golden Pen Award for Best Inspirational Fiction. In 2003, Victoria joined with five authors to pen the first Christian fiction anthology, Blessed Assurance. In this collection of short stories, each author chose a character from the Bible and brought their story into the present. In 2008, Victoria published her first novels in Christian fiction teen series, The Divine Divas. Victoria Christopher Murray is a highly acclaimed contemporary author of more than 20 novels with more than 1 million books in print. She, like this episode's guest, Sharonda Denise, is also a member of the prestigious Delta Sigma Theta sorority. 
However, last but not least, she is this episode's last dribble. For more on Victoria Christopher Murray, check out simonandschuster.com, penguinrandomhouse.com, publishersweekly.com, newsreleasetoday.com, and victoriachristophermurray.com. My thanks to all of these websites for the knowledge. And at this time, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to implore you to go out and learn more about your African-American history. It is vast and it is rich, as I always state. And even you find out about contemporary people doing fantastic things. All right. And at this time, I implore you to be good, be good, be good. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production.